0: Hey there, and welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today to take a listen so you can better pursue financial independence as a current or future PA. Although this podcast is clearly targeted towards PAs, I really think that the topic today is applicable to so many people in so many different types of professions. So if the concepts hit home for you, please consider sharing this episode. Before we dive into the discussion for the podcast today, if you are newer to the concept of financial independence or basic financial literacy in general, if it seems overwhelming to try to figure out how in the world to start getting your finances in order, I would like to point you over to a resource that I have on my website, at pathefiway.com. And if you go over there at the top there under the learn tab, there is an hour long workshop that talks about the 15 common financial pitfalls that most PAs make and what to do instead to help set yourself up for financial success, as well as setting your family up for the future. So this is a video training where I take you through these things so you can start on your journey to financial independence and start learning more about personal finances in general. And I wanted to make this super affordable for you. So it's a very easy to digest training as well as won't break the bank. So I will also include a link to this in the show notes. Make sure you go check it out to see if it's something that you're interested in. I hope that you enjoyed the episode from last week where some lessons about lifestyle design were discussed and woven into an update about a recent trip that I had gone on with my family. And I think the topic of this episode today really correlates well with the topic of lifestyle design. So as a brief reminder, lifestyle design is making different choices in your life to try to help align your life with the things that you value and how you want to spend your time overall. So on today's show, I wanted to touch on the topic of something called learned helplessness. And there's also a flip side to that called learned optimism. And I first heard Jimmy Turner, who is a physician that goes by the physician philosopher, talk about this study over on the Earn and Invest podcast with Jordan Grummett, who's also a physician who sometimes goes by Doc G. I really like what both of these physicians talk about because they can talk about burnout and financial independence as well, which are certainly a couple of my favorite topics to talk about. So definitely go check out their work if you haven't done so already. So back in the 1960s and 1970s, a psychologist named Martin Seligman used dogs in some of his experiments. And in this experiment that I want to share with you, There were three different groups of dogs, and there were two parts to the experiment. So in the first part, the first group of the dogs was the control group. And with this group, he put them in a box and just released them from the box. The second group of dogs would receive electrical shocks, and there was something that they could push on where if they pushed on it, whether it was a lever or panel or button of some sort. Whenever they pushed on it, the electric shocks stopped. Then the third group, very similar to the second group where they were put in this box and they would receive these electric shocks, but they also had something to push on. But if they pushed on it, nothing would change with the shocks. So they would still get the electric shocks anyway. So for all of you dog lovers out there, I promise that This seemingly sad story and experiment does provide some insight. So bear with me. So in part two, the dogs were put in a box again, and there was a divider that was very low, so the dogs could easily jump over it if they wanted to. And if the dogs remained on the first side, they would receive the shock, but all they had to do was jump over the divider and then the shocks would stop. And as I'm sure you can imagine, the three groups behave differently. So the first two groups, both the control group as well as the ones that in the first part of the study could push on the lever to stop the shocks, quickly recognized that all they had to do was jump over this short divider to the side where there were no electric shocks and they would no longer be shocked. However, the third group... In the first part of the experiment, if you recall, they learned that there was nothing that they could do to prevent the shocks from happening to them. So they were essentially helpless. So most dogs in that third group actually did nothing but wind or lie down, even if they watched other dogs jump over the low divider to the other side of the box and no longer get shocked. Or even if they were like threatened or offered rewards to jump over, to kind of encourage them, motivate them to jump over. They just lie down and acted helpless. This study has also been repeated in rats too that acted very similarly. So what are the lessons that we can learn here? This concept, this overall lesson is called learned helplessness. And it provides an explanation for ways that some humans can act in certain situations that other humans don't always understand. So unfortunately, one of the common areas that people may demonstrate learned helplessness could be an abusive relationship of some sort, where people from the outside can be observing this and recognize and understand that this is not a good relationship, but then not understand why the person involved in the relationship who is being abused doesn't try to leave the situation or try to make changes. And certainly we're not going to dive into all of those nuances or layers or anything like that because most of those situations are understandably very tricky and We never know the whole story as well, but that is one example of how learned helplessness manifests itself in extreme cases in people's lives. There are much more subtle ways that learned helplessness manifests itself too, such as in the example of kids with their schoolwork. If they feel as though no matter what they do, they can't succeed with their schoolwork, then they can feel like They won't have any success, and that can be learned helplessness as well. And the student may demonstrate no motivation to learn a subject. It may not feel like they have any ability with school as well. Having encouraging teachers can help counteract that, or working on individual goals as well with students can help too. Learned helplessness can also be associated with getting older when Elderly adults have different changes in roles or perhaps having to go into assisted living or nursing homes can contribute to feeling helpless as well. Also, it can be associated with stress, anxiety, depression, burnout as well. So let's apply this to burnout working in the medical field as providers or other roles out there. If a PA or another medical provider feels as though their control is stripped from them, they don't feel like they have autonomy, they are taught that if they try to speak up or request changes that they're quickly shot down or put down. So that can make them feel as though they are helpless. Have that sense of feeling that no matter what they do, they can't change the situation. They can feel beaten down. And unfortunately, a lot of people who are providers in that situation, as well as other people in medicine, might feel like they are stuck in their current situation. And so they sometimes, unfortunately, probably more often than one would think, they will choose to stay in that situation. And they're not subconsciously making that choice. They feel like they don't have a choice And so they stay in that current situation instead of getting a new job. Growing up, and especially as a new PA, it would always just puzzle me and boggle my mind when people would talk about how they really hate their job, or it's causing so much stress, or so much anxiety, making them feel down and depressed, but yet they feel stuck in the job and wouldn't make changes to switch jobs or to try to change their current role. And I completely recognize that some of this comes from a place of privilege in that I think to some degree, you have to be in a situation that allows you to be able to look for jobs and change your roles. Perhaps if you are in a very dire situation financially, or have a spouse who's really sick and can't contribute financially, or recently injured or something like that, maybe you are truthfully, at least for the time being, stuck in that role. And even though I still have that mentality, that if you feel as though you don't have much autonomy, you don't have much control, that you actually need to take the steps and take control of your life to make changes in your life, I completely recognize that sometimes depending upon the phase of your life or your current situation, it's easier said than done, or that it can take time to implement the change. Job searching, interviewing, negotiation, all of those things don't happen overnight. But I really encourage you to understand and recognize that you very likely have more options than what you feel like you do. And you can help yourself. Sometimes therapy can be helpful for some people, To try to explore the feelings of helplessness and replace harmful beliefs with healthy beliefs. And then also the flip side of learned helplessness is learned optimism. And it's interesting because there's actually research that suggests that cancer patients, heart disease patients who are more optimistic than their counterparts, do better with their treatment. People who are more optimistic can perform better, do better at their jobs, and can handle stress better for a lot of people. Studies suggest that optimism can be learned and taught versus having this innate personality trait. People who are more pessimistic will feel as though something bad happens, that it has something to do with themselves and internalize their feeling, whereas optimists will externalize the feeling, understanding that they aren't to blame and that next time the situation will be better. People who are pessimistic can have feelings that can lead to catastrophizing, feeling like that bad things will always continue to happen whereas optimists will see that good things continue to happen. Pessimists can look at situations or circumstances and feel like that they can't be fixed or can't be changed, whereas optimists can understand that things can change with time, and next time things might be different. So I really encourage you to analyze different areas of your life, and going back to lifestyle design, are there certain areas where you feel stuck and helpless? And then really question those beliefs. Ask yourself, is that really true? Or is that maybe only true for a short period of time? And maybe in a few months or a year, your situation can change for the better. Or maybe there are steps and actions that you can do right now to help with your certain situation that you feel stuck or helpless in. If you have listened to several of the podcast episodes of the PA the FI way podcast, you have probably heard and seen the links between financial literacy, burnout, stress, feeling stuck. So I really think that if you are choosing to pursue financial independence for you and your family for the future, that that can really help give you a step in the right direction of not feeling like you're helpless or stuck in a certain situation. If this episode resonated with you, I would love if you would leave a rating and a review on the platform that you're listening to this on, such as Apple iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts. And I'd also love to hear from you too. You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at PA the way. I hope you feel more encouraged and more empowered after this episode today. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day.